live from the fish tank. It's your host, Ronnie, back with another episode of the DSAC Fantasy Podcast. Uh, you know, for having no guests this week, there will be quite a bit to talk about thanks to a hectic flurry of trades over the past week. But we will, of course, you know, do the usual stuff. We got a little bit of uh, a little bit of basketball, a little bit of hockey, um, some administrative stuff with baseball, which is kind of fun, and it's going to be about all. Uh, I will say, you know, can expect next week maybe some uh, some some special basketball content. We'll uh, we'll see how that goes, but should be something for you guys there. So let's uh, let's get into these trades. All right, there are quite a few. We have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine to talk about. Um, we can lead off with the first Rowdy Tellez trade. That's right, the first one, because since this most recent podcast, Rowdy Tellez has somehow been traded twice. I, I, <laughs> uh, this first one is Tellez, uh, extended by Mike, sent to Keith in exchange for Joe Adele and a fifth. Uh, <laughs> I mean, this is a trade. Let me pull up what Rowdy did last year real quick. Uh, 35 homers. Not bad. 89 RBI. Uh, that feels like a, uh, probably a bit too high of a homer to, or sorry, a bit too high of an RBI to homer ratio. And it's probably why Mike traded him away. Um, but Joe Adele, ah, man, I had Joe Adele and uh, eventually moved on from him, and I don't think he's really, yeah, he hasn't really done, like, anything at the major league level. Over three seasons, his best OPS plus has been an 89. It's not great. Not looking great for him, but he's still young enough to turn around. Um, I think I like this more for Keith just getting rowdy, and it, even though... Um, Mike did get it on a fifth round back in addition to Adele. But I think I like that a little bit more for Keefe. Uh, the next trade also sees Mike involved here. He trades Alec Thomas, Luis Patino, and Greg Jones to Nathan in exchange for Anthony DiSclefani and Matt Liberator. That's also a, a trade. Um, Nathan gets a couple rays, neither of whom have really done anything, which will probably fit right in on Nathan's team in that regard. Um... Alec Thomas needs to show a little bit more with the bat until he becomes super relevant for us. And if we're being honest here, that that outfield in Arizona is uh, pretty crowded. Um, just among left-handed outfielders, you have Carol McCarthy and Thomas. I believe all three of those guys are lefties. Um, they traded for Lourdes Gurriel. Um, I forget who else they have there. But, yeah, so Alec Thomas may be... Uh, potential trade fodder down the line or he'll have to find a way into the lineup with his bat i don't know if he's gonna be able to do that regularly enough or not and then jones just i don't think he's really quite lived up to some of his expectations yet di sclafani is an actual major leaguer in this trade (laughs) at least one of these players is um so i think i probably like this more for mike getting di sclafani and liberator but I mean, this is a pretty inconsequential trade, if we're being honest. Uh, the next two, our dearly beloved commissioner, found 
not worthy enough to talk about in the chat, but we'll talk about them on the pod, and we can combine all three of these into one here. Uh, Chris trades $3 million in cap space to Nutt for two fourth-round picks. He trades $5 million to Paolo for a third and a fourth, and he trades $8 million to Mike for two-thirds. That's, you know, if you're doing the math at home, that's $16 million. Uh, let's see what Chris is sitting on for cap space real quick it's not gonna tell me on espn now is it you dummy okay pulling up chris's sheet here we have chris at 23 million so he's still got a good amount of money here to play with for uh the rest of uh, this season we'll see how everything goes for him there used all six of his extensions of course uh not a ton of expirings for next year too, so he'll be he'll be a, a good player here to add add money to his, his team here in terms of you know bigger contracts. So we'll see how that goes. But all in all, he turns eighteen million into six draft picks. I really really like that for Chris. That's incredible value for him. Next up is Keith making a deal with Nathan. Nathan trading away Tyler Glasnow, which really surprised me but he is getting Shane McClanahan back, so he's just, in general, improving on his raise starting pitching. Uh, he also gets, or he also gives up, rather, Andres Jimenez, Joe Ryan, Cam Collier, two-thirds and a second for McClanahan in a fifth. Uh, let me double-check on what McClanahan's, or uh, Glasnow's contract is, but I think I like this more of a Keefe here. Um, Glasnow's at $9 million. So that's a bit much, but if he bounces back, his extension will be reasonable. I think it would max out at what thirteen and a half million, and it is you know a decent chance it won't max out that high. It could end up being oh shoot one two five little under little under eleven and a half million. I think the math in my head is like eleven point two five. That's reasonable. Uh the thing with McClanahan, though, is because he is so good and because he's on a rookie deal, he could end up being like an $18 million pitcher in a couple years. And let's be honest here. If you're paying a pitcher $18 million or more, you're maybe not making, uh, depending on the pitcher, of course. But, you know, it's, you know, it's, it's risky to, to cross that line for a salary for starting pitching. But I do really like Andres Jimenez as well. Uh, Cam Collier is an interesting prospect. He's a really good hitter. Um, we'll see how he adapts to pro ball coming out of college and if he can uh, find a definitive position. I want to say I remember him coming up that he wasn't or coming into the draft. He wasn't exactly solid at or a, a solid bet to stick at any one position yet. But we'll see how that goes. And of course, you know, Keith adding more. Draft picks is not exactly great for us. That's that's a, a very smart baseball mind relative to our league, uh, adding more kicks of the can for young prospects. That's not not good for the rest of the league. So we'll see how that goes. But all in all, I like this more for Keith. Uh, the next one, I was admittedly pretty open, <laughs> openly not a fan of this one in the trade in the chat rather. Um, Mike trades Vlad and $8 million for the next two seasons in exchange for Gunnar Henderson, Riley Green, a third and a second. I mean, this is, you know, 
it's it's a good trade for both. Like I I see what both are trying to do here. But man, I think Vlad's a top 10 dynasty asset and if I have a top 10 dynasty asset, I probably would I know Henderson's the top prospect for many people and Riley Green is right up there too. Well, he's not really a prospect anymore. But I would just have a hard time dealing a top 10 uh, dynasty asset for two guys who, to be quite frank, haven't really proven anything at the major league level yet, even though they've both shown flashes. Um, but hey, getting the, the second and the third helps too. But we'll see. So, oh no, I think it's, you know, it's a good, decent, decent trade for both sides. I just, I like Nathan's side more. And when you're Mike and you're in a contending window, I don't know why you would trade away a guy at his at his prime, at, you know, the peak of his powers, when there's other, perhaps older alternatives he could have moved. But at the same time, he has Nathaniel Lowe and Reese Hoskins. So first base is a bit of a, uh, bit of a bonus for him already and if we're being honest here i think vlad's projected to over 100 rbis and we all know mike doesn't deal with uh you know a lot of rbis with this homer so he can't have vlad rubbing bad habits on the rest of his uh his team there um we can go to the second rowdy tellers trade now keith is trading tellers who was previously extended by mike um a fourth another fourth and a fifth in exchange for gavin williams uh Admittedly, going to have to pull Gavin Williams on Fangraphs here real quick just to make sure I'm talking about the right player. Uh, this feels like it. It's, you know, three picks. We'll see how that goes. I mean, Gavin Williams is a, is a solid prospector. He's not. He's not a nobody by any means. Um, I think I personally would probably rather have the picks, but I mean, hey, you look at his numbers in Double A last year. He only had. 70 innings that's you know an all right sample size to try to you know try to glean things from 10.5 k9 a 231 era uh the fip and the xip are both above four so it's probably a little little bit lucky on the results he got but man i can see why there would be interest in him he's got a uh pretty good frame there at 66255 uh, looks like he's going to have a plus fastball, plus slider, um, then middling uh, other pitches in command. So, hey, I like the prospect. I would be very curious to see what the the draft picks could be, though. But, yeah. On. My laptop is running a little slow for no reason. And then we can finish off on a basketball trade. Paolo popped in the chat to uh, have a bit of a fire sale, or attempt to. Um, uh, he did successfully, to this point, move LeBron to ping in exchange for a first, a second, another second, K.J. Martin, DeAndre Hunter, Thomas Bryant, and Nasir Little. Uh, so LeBron is on... Uh, what is his contract here? It's very clearly this is a win-now move by ping. He's adding a you know very talented player to his team here. Let's see, LeBron is on twelve million this year and next year. 
might be a hard sell to extend that. So we'll see how that goes. This kind of, you know, buys key or ping rather uh, another strong piece for the next season and next year as well. Uh, we have Bradley Beal now, Jamal Murray, Donovan Mitchell, Kawhi Leonard, Brandon Ingram, Bam Adebayo, and Zion Williamson. It's a really talented uh, one, two, three, four. And it's got like six or seven really talented players here. So we'll see how how that turns out for Ping. Obviously, some pretty serious, uh, you know, games played issues here. Kawhi Leonard is always liable to miss games. Brandon Ingram, I don't know what happened with him, but he was gone for a long time with a very interesting toe injury. Uh, Zion is always going to, you know, miss some games. So curious to see how that works out for Ping, but... If the stars align and if everyone stays healthy, that's a really difficult team to beat. So I, I totally get why a ping is doing this here. You know, you to quote the great Denny Green, you play to win the game. And that's what he's trying to do. Take a look here real quick at the players he's given up. Hunter has had a, you know, a, a fine season. He's more of an end-of-the-roster type player. But the free throw percentage is good. He, you know, he scores at an okay rate. Uh, shoots the ball a little bit with 1.63s. Got Nasir Little, who has been a very end of the roster player to this point. Thomas Bryant, who has you know had good games, but overall the numbers are not great. Um, he's a little bit inconsistent there. And then KJ Martin, who I believe is on. The G League team for Ping. Uh, see how far down he is here. He's also all right. So it's a lot of depth for Paolo. Uh, but the real value here should be the the, fir- uh, the picks. The first rounder for 2025. That looks like that could be, you know, depending on how, how Ping's team goes, that could be a pretty valuable pick. So curious to see how that all works out for Paolo. Uh, you know, I like to trade for both sides, I think. And yeah, that ends up the the trades there. We got about 14 minutes on uh, some... We got, there was actually some pretty exciting trades in there. So, worth the time for sure. All right, let's uh, end that rambling, because that was... In case you guys couldn't tell, you know, not exactly having all the numbers in front of me there. Kind of a lot of dead air, a lot of bad podcasting, a lot of uh, generalizations. So let's cut that out a little bit here and talk actual concrete stuff here. We have the basketball recap we can talk about. Pull up the standings in the background here. All right, a few records this week. For the first time in a while, we've had three. Uh, Josh tied for the third most steals. Murph set a new turnover record for fewest turnovers. And yes, yours truly set a new field goal percentage record. The Walleye, a very guard-heavy team, setting a field goal percentage record. Pretty happy with that. That was pretty fun to see. But we'll get to that at the very end here, as is tradition. We can lead off here with Keith beating Nathan 5-4. to four. He got 632 from the field, 24 assists, and 9 stocks from Shangun, 91 points on 14 threes from Dinwiddie, and 7 steals from P.J. Washington. Nathan saw Jokic shoot 704 from the floor, 85 points from Brown, 591 from the field, and 39 boards for Rudy Gobert. 
We had Ping beat Kevin 6-3. He got 565 from the field for Zubats. 84 points on 635 from the field for Kawhi. Kenya Martin Jr. Uh, shooting 629 from the field on 39 rebounds. And Lopez blocking 9 shots. Kevin had 98 points from Calvin Johnson. 9 steals from Trey Jones. 8 steals from Grayson Allen. 643 from the field from Jalen Williams, 100 points from Benedict Matherin, 11 threes from Beasley, 63 points on 700 from the field from Precious Achua, and lastly, 37 boards and 9 blocks from Evan Mobley. We had Barry beat Paolo, 7-2, 560 from the field from Jay Sean Tate, 95 points, 38 assists, 12 threes and 9 steals from Darius Garland, 102 points, 25 assists and 13 threes from Kyrie Irving. Nine steals from Fred Van Vliet. On Paolo's end, Mason Plumley, 774 from the field and 34 boards. 92 points, 34 boards, 14 three-pointers from Julius Randle. And the newly traded LeBron James, 107 points, 26 boards, 26 assists, and 16 three-pointers. In the belt matchup here, Alex retains over Josh 5-4. Alex got 677 from the field from Jimmy Butler. 24 assists and 7 steals from Mike Conley, 85 points, 561 from the field, and 11 three-pointers from Paul George, 122 points, 45 boards, 22 assists, and 11 threes from Jason Tatum, 72 points and 47 boards from Fucevic, 93 points, 16 boards, 25 assists, 19 threes, and 8 steals from D'Lo. On Josh's end, 153 points, 51 boards, 18 assists, and 624 from the field from Giannis, 10 three-pointers from Derek White, 73, 25, and 25 from Drew Holiday. 32 assists on 600 from the field from Chris Paul. 700 from the field from Clint Capella. 16 three-pointers and 12 steals from Buddy Heald. 34 assists and 658 from the field from a walleye legend, TJ McConnell. And 625 from the field from Powell. We had a Murph pull out a victory here, a 5-4 W over Nutt. Murph had a 760 field goal percentage from Duran. And then 71 points, 917 from the field from Siakam. Nutt had 85 points and 34 assists from Trey Young. 700, or sorry, 724 rather from the field from Brandon Clark. And then 900 from the line from Ball. We had Chris beat Sean 6-3. Chris had 84 points from Levine. 571 field goal percentage from Sabonis. 87 points, 29 boards, and 7 blocks from Miles Turner. 119 points, 584 from the field from DeMar DeRozan. Nine steals from Tyus Jones, both Jones brothers here with the steals. And 619 from the field from Harris. On Sean's end, we have 10 three-pointers from Jalen Green. 127 points, 26 boards, 33 assists, 9 stocks, and 18 three-pointers from Anthony Edwards. 923 from the line for Aaron Neesmith. 10 three-pointers from Javon Carter. And 10 blocks from Gafford. And the big news here is that Sean's recap extended down to the second line here on Microsoft, or, uh, Google Docs. Usually, Sean's recap has just a few players, and it only takes up one line. This time, there was so much, one line was not enough. You cannot stop Sean. You can only hope to contain him. And lastly, Mike beat myself in... It was a schedule loss for me, let's be honest here. I had a lot less minutes than Mike, and it was still very close. But, hey, it is what it is. Mike gets the W. Uh, I'll, I'll take four category wins despite the circumstances. Helps solidify my playoff hopes a little more. 
but let's start with Mike's team here. We'll get to my team in short enough time. 909 from the free throw line from Mikhail Bridges, 71 points, 581 from the field, and 905 from the line from SGA. <laughs> Claxton was incredible this week. 65 points, 36 assists. He shot 903 from the field and had seven blocks. Uh, he got 101 points and nine stocks with 15 three-pointers from Jerry Rozier, 78 points and 12 stocks from Jaron Jackson Jr., 39 rebounds and 667 from the field from Jarrett Allen. And on the walleye side of things, 10 steals and 600 from the field from Hamadou Diallo, 127 points, 12 boards, 23 assists, 18 three-pointers, shooting 632 from the field and 920 from the line from Damian Lillard, who has been incendiary as of late. Uh, Nurkic shot 583 from the field, and we got 11 three-pointers from Clay, along with a nice 575 from the field and 938 from the line from Stephen Curry. Taking a look here at the category leaders for the week. Ronnie with 5566 from the field. Barry with 8204 from the line. Three-pointers was a three-way tie at 89 between Alex, Barry, and Mike. Alex with 316 rebounds and 223 assists. Josh with 71 steals. Mike with 38 blocks. Murph with a lowly 20 turnovers. Josh with 864 points. Players of the week, Damian Lillard, his second in three weeks for yours truly. And Barry's top five were Lillard for Ronnie, Garland for Barry, Edwards for Sean, DeRozan for Chris, and LeBron for Paolo. The standings are as follows. Now, Alex still out in front, six and a half games up on Chris, who has passed yours truly to take over the second place in the standings. He is six and a half games back. Uh, the Wall are now seven games back, clearly not a tier one team. Barry and Ping are essentially tied here at fourth and fifth with 11 games back. We have Josh in sixth, 13 and a half games back. And from there, it's kind of difficult now to see the next few teams making a push for it, although I would not be surprised to see Mike and Keith get pretty close. Uh, they are both tied, essentially. Seventh and eighth, 21 and a half games back. Nathan is 25 games back. Paolo is 34 and a half games back. Murph, 43 and a half games back. Kevin, 44 and a half games back. Sean, 50 games back. And Nut, 53 and a half games back. Taking a look now at who plays who. For this upcoming week, we have the third place Walleye in 12th place Kevin. This could be a real smash spot for the Walleye. We'll see if they can take their frustrations out on Kevin after a, a close loss to Mike last week. We have 13th place Sean and 11th place Murph, which could be another who wants to, to win this less. Um, we have second place Chris and sixth place Josh, in which hopefully should be a good one. Uh, we have 14th place Nut and 4th place Barry, 1st place Alex and 5th place Ping, 10th place Paolo and 8th place Keith, ninth place Nathan and 7th place Mike. We'll see if Mike can take advantage of Nathan here and really uh, gain some ground in the standings, especially with 6th place playing 2nd place and 5th place playing 1st place. This could be a real chance here for Mike to, to make a big leap and keep this close. And then the other team tied with him is Keith, who was playing. Do, 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 do. Where's Keith? Where, where's Keith? Playing Paolo. So that could be another opportunity here for Keith to also make a leap up with Mike and make this playoff race close. That would be really fun for the rest of us, I'm sure.
And of course, after basketball, we can finish the recap on the high note, the one that everybody wants to hear about, I'm sure. Let's talk some hockey. No records this week for hockey, but we can lead off here with Ping, or Paolo, rather. I see a P, and I just default to Ping, apparently. Paolo just beat off constantly, 7-5. to five. Um, So the close battle here wasn't able to, to quite dominate the beating off constantly part, but hey, he managed to come out on the winning side of this, I guess. Uh, we got two wins, 67 saves, a 2-5 goals against, and a 9-31 from Saros. 38 face-offs from Hayton, 2 goals, 4 assists on 24 shots from Pasternak, 14 hits for Foligno, 3 assists for Eberle, 3 assists and STPs for Juden Hopkins, goal and 4 assists for Skinner, 2 goals, 3 assists for Point, goal, 3 assists and 4 defense points for Ristolainen, 2 goals, 2 assists from Pedersen, 39 face-offs from Stahl, 36 face-offs from Hischier, and on off constantly we have Zero wins, 24 saves, a 421 goals against, and an 857 save percentage from Markstrom. Zero wins, 33 saves, a 398 goals against, and an 892 save percentage from Swayman. We got two goals, three assists, and five defense points from Cam Fowler. 35 face-offs for Cop. Goal and three assists for Bratt. Two goals, two assists for Hyman. Barry beat Tom 7-3-2 on three goals from Tolvanen, three goals and an assist from Nichas. Three defense points from Quinn Hughes, three assists for Kako, 11 hits for Sandine, three STPs for Joel Erickson Eck, goal, three assists, four defense points, and 11 blocks from Sam Gerrard, who had been not particularly great this year, so good to see him getting back on track. Uh, 15 shots, 11 blocks, and three defense points from Deline, 11 hits from Romanov, and 15 hits from Keandre Miller. On Tom's end, two wins, 92 saves, two two eight goals against, and a 929 save percentage from Fleury, 12 blocks from Petrangelo. Goal and three assists from Tuck. 10 hits from Petrie. 15 hits from Anderson. Goal and three assists from Terry. Ping beat Kevin 6-5-1. to five to one. Ping got three wins, 96 saves, a 2-0 goals against, and a 9-4-1 save percent from Vasilevsky. Goal and three assists from McCann. Two goals, three assists from Nelson. 38 face-offs for Comper. Three assists from Miller. Four goals for Lee. 10 blocks for Spurgeon. 36 face-offs and 11 hits from Pajot. Two goals, four assists, and 16 shots with six defense points from Dougie Hamilton, who was really good. 43 face-offs for Boone Jenner. Goal, three assists from Manjipani. Three STPs from Kaprizov. And two goals, two assists from Bjorkstrand. Kevin had a win, 37 saves, a 2-0 goals against, and a 9.49 save percent from Georgiev. A win, 94 saves, a 2-2-9 goals against, and a 9.31 save percent from Carter Hart. Four goals and an assist from Schmaltz. Three assists from Besser. Four goals and an assist from Heedle. Three goals, three assists from Jack Hughes. Four goals, three assists for Nylander. Three assists and defense points for Provera. Fifteen shots for Kairou. Goal, four assists and three STPs for Laine. Four goals and an assist with 17 shots for Carter for Hagee. The true, clear, only Tier 1 team in hockey. Alex smacked Chris around 10-2. to um, That alone for me will drop Chris down to tier two. I don't think you can get smacked like that by a team in your tier and maintain that same tier. So them's the rules. Uh Alex gets two wins, ninety-three saves, a one six six goals against and a nine forty nine save percentage combined between Jesterkin and Forsberg. Three goals, three assists from Couture, 11 hits for Very Very, two goals, two assists, and four defense points from Montour, three goals, three assists, and four STPs from Gino Malkin, goal, three assists, 19 shots, four defense points for Ekblad, three goals, 39 faceoffs for Kopitar, goal, three assists, and four defense points from Eric Carlson, 
two goals, four assists, 44 faceoffs, and five STPs from Crosby. Goal, five assists, 23 shots, 10 hits, and three STPs from Tavares. 16 hits from Shen. Goal, three assists, and three STPs from McDavid. Three assists and defense points from Larson. Two goals, two assists, 12 hits, and four defense points from Latang. Three assists for Gensel, and 11 hits for McNabb. On Chris's end, Logan Thompson had 69 saves, a 234 goals against, and a 932 save percentage. 12 hits from Gudis, 3 assists from Pavelski, 3 assists and defense points from Uyghur, 37 face-offs for Lindholm, uh, 3 assists and defense points from Nurse, 2 goals, 5 assists from Tage Thompson, 3 assists from McKinnon, 10 blocks from Mayfield, and a goal and 3 assists from Patrick Kane. And lastly, on Sunday, the Walleye pulled ahead to retain the belt, beating a tough, tough Connecticut Whale team at 7-5. to five. Leading off here for the Walleye is a win, 33 saves, a 0.0 goals against, and a 1,000 save percentage. That's a shutout for Karel Vamelka. How about that? Four goals, three assists, and three STPs from Claude Giroux, who's been just fantastic in Ottawa this year, might I add. Goal, four assists, and 36 faceoffs with three STPs from the newest New York Islander, Bo Horvat. Garnet Hathaway through 11 hits. Most Sider has been picking it up, too. He had three assists and defense points. 10 hits, 11 blocks this past week. Bergeron won 46 faceoffs. Ovi put 16 shots on net. We have two goals, five assists, 53 faceoffs, and 18 shots from Sasha Barkov. Four goals from Sebastian Ajo, three assists from Mikhail Backlund, 10 hits from Neil Pionk, and a goal and three assists for David Krejci. On Josh's end, though, we had two wins, 61 saves, a 194 goals against, and a 938 save percent from Vanacek. Four assists and three STPs from Gaudreau. Three assists and defense points from Krug. Goal, six assists and 19 shots from Brady Kachuk. 12 hits, 11 blocks from Jacob Truba. Three defense points from Adam Fox. Goal and five assists from Kucherov. And three assists from Panarin. Uh, Let's take a look here at the category leaders for the week. It's essentially Alex. It's a lot of Alex. He had 28 goals, 49 assists. I had 316 face-offs. We'll get back to Alex here with 241 shots and 137 hits. Chris broke that run up with 88 blocks, but Alex bounces back with 24 defense points and 28 special teams points. Nathan and Mike set some goalie leads here for the week with 6 wins and 240 saves. But of course, guess who won the ratios? Alex with a 1664 goals against and a 9490 save percentage. That's, if you're counting at home, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8 categories of the 12 that alex won if that's not clear tier one nobody else is even close i don't know what is in fact i would even go as far as to say that alex is tier one there is no tier two because he's so good and the gap between him and the next teams are that big i'll put myself and chris down in tier three at this point even because i don't even know if anyone deserves to be in tier two with how dominant alex has been i feel it'll be just just overly disrespectful to fargo to even have anybody in tier two Players of the week, Tavares for Alex, Latang for Alex, and Vasilevsky for Ping. Uh, Barry's players of the week here, Tavares for Alex, Crosby for Alex, Latang for Alex, Hamilton for Ping, Barkov for Ronnie, the goaltenders, Vasilevsky for Ping, Samsonov for Barry, and Fleury for Tom. Uh, take a look here at the old standings. Unsurprisingly, there is a new first place team. Excuse me. One in the morning. Are you out doing this here? Alex is in first place by three games now on the walleye. Chris is down 12 games. 
Josh is 22 games back. Paolo is th- 26 games back. So that, f- that four-seed race could be fun here down the stretch. Uh, Ping is 35 and a half games back. Barry is 49 games back. Uh, Kevin is 56 games back. Nathan and Mike are 76 games back. And Tom is an impressive 85 and a half games back. Uh, we've... Ooh. I don't know if we'll get there or not, but there may come a time where Alex has lost fewer categories than Tom has won. Um, so that's that's a possibility here. Tom is rocking a nice 254 winning percentage. That's it's not great. We do have a roto table, though. I almost forgot we should talk about the roto table. Um, let's pull it up here. Hockey roto table. Alex, with a possible 120 points, has 103. I have 84. Chris is 83. Josh is 77. Paolo has 72. Ping has 71. Kevin has 62. Barry has 53. Nathan and Mike have 35. And Tom has a woeful 20. Uh, On average, he is worse than second from the bottom in every category. Um, The skaters, Alex is 75 out of 80. Chris has 66, Josh has 55, I have 54, Paolo has 48, Ping has 47, Barry has 37, Kevin has 25, Nathan and Mike have 18, and Tom has 15. Goalies out of a possible 40, Kevin has 37, I have 30, Alex has 28, Paolo has 24, Ping has 24 as well, Josh has 22, Chris, Nathan and Mike all have 17, Barry has 16, and Tom has 5. So let's... Pretty pretty good idea of how the standings and the roto table marry each other in a way. They show the same stuff here. Let's talk raw numbers too over here. Um, Alex is ahead in goals. He has 393. He is 13 up on Chris. Uh, Ping rounds out the top three. Assists, also Alex. He's got a pretty strong lead here. He's up uh, 67 assists on Josh, and Alex has 690. Chris is the third-place team there. Face-off wins. Yours truly is ahead with 4,859. Alex is in second with 4,221. And Chris is a bit of a distant third there. Shots on goal. The damn dirty apes are really putting the pucks on net with an impressive 3,775. Alex is in second with 3,314. And Josh is in third place there. Hits. Alex has 2,008. I'm in second with 1,964. And then Chris rounds up the top three. Blocks the walleye have the lead here, 1,261. Chris is in second with 1,252, and Alex is only four behind him. Defense points. Barry is the most potent D in the league with 281. Josh is 247, and Alex has 244 right behind Josh. The walleye are dead last with 144 defense points. I guess I should do the last tier too. Uh, Nathan and Mike have the worst blocks, 822. Uh, Kevin has the worst hits, 1,007. Shots on goal is Nathan and Mike with 2,425. Face-off wins is Tom with 1,276. Assists is Tom with 464. And goals is Tom with 253. Going back to STPs, now Alex is the most with 378. Josh has 343. And Paolo has 338, just five behind Josh for second. Dead last is Tom with 192. Wins, Kevin has 60. Paolo has 52 and Ping has 50. Tom is dead last with two, uh, 26. Saves. Paolo is most with 3,177. Kevin has 2,887. And Josh is in third there. 
Uh, Chris is dead last with 1,464. Apparently, the only way for Tom to not be dead last is for Chris literally having the goalies for just one team. Um, goals against average, the most, or the, sorry, the best rather here, uh, the Walleye, a strong 2.473. The next place isn't even close here at 2.625. Alex is in third there. Dead last is Tom with 3.518. More than a full goal worse than the Walleye. Save percentage is the Walleye at 9209. Second place is Kevin with a 9153, and then Alex is in third place there. Tom is dead last with an 8846, which is pretty bad. If you were an 884 goalie in the NHL, you would probably be waived or sent to the AHL. Uh, that's Tom's whole team. So that's it's not great. So after that, we can take a quick look here at the scoreboard, see who was playing who this week. We have the second place walleye in the seventh place Scunthorpe Skaters. We'll see if Karel Vamelka can have a nice revenge matchup. Uh, we have first place Paolo, or uh, <laughs> first place Alex, and sixth place Ping, tenth place Tom, and third place Chris, fifth place Paolo, and eighth place Kevin, fourth place Josh, and ninth place off constantly. So this could be a real good shot here for Josh to hopefully, for his sake, pad his lead, although Paolo has a pretty winnable matchup as well. So we'll see if either one of those two can distance themselves from the other. Um, Chris should be in a real smash spot there. Uh, Alex has a chance to maybe... Actually, we'll see here. Ping is a pretty strong opponent. We'll see if the walleye can maybe even tie or pass Alex for first place. I kind of doubt it, but you never know. We'll see how the week goes. And we can wrap this up with some administrative stuff for baseball. We have extensions available now many people have already done theirs um i don't know if there's a strong deadline yet but you know we are not too far out from spring training pitchers and catchers always report around valentine's day so maybe about two weeks or so we can start with uh the deadline for that and looking ahead for free agency very much looking forward to free agency here that'd be a lot of fun i always enjoy that every year uh, the Wally will not be giving out any Corbin Burnside deals, of course, but hey, it's always fun. And nevertheless, one of my favorite parts about this league is the free agency process in all the sports. So we're getting closer, guys. We're getting a lot, lot closer. And as well, because I talked about it in the chat and because you guys so rudely uh, turned me down here, I'm going to spend a minute or two here talking about how, once again, Fantasy WNBA has been... Uh, reopened. Of course, we're still not even close to the draft, uh, the the real life draft, and uh, the season even starting. That's months away yet. But you know, I'm gonna still put it out there. I think we should strongly consider it. I had a lot of fun last year. You don't need a ton of guys here. You only need, I think, six was a good number. But feels like most of the people who played last year aren't even all that interested. Which is a shame. It's a lot of fun. We could easily do a no-contract dynasty league here and have some uh, some fun, but whatever. Your guys' loss. So, hate to end on a somber note, but I guess we're going to. So, let's wrap this up here. That'll be all for this week. I will see you all next time.